All right, welcome to the Meet the Pooligan section of today's podcast. We have for you two brand new Pooligans. We have our first guest, who grew up in the Midwest and Hawaii, attending the same school as that Barack Obama fella. She went to college in Iowa, spent her senior year exploring the finest pubs of London, but still had the energy for grad school in Boston, and then some more grad school in her current home of Seattle. She's a professional choral conductor and music teacher who specializes in Baltic choral music for women, and just returned from a tour of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania this summer. Her darkest secret is that she's the same age as Alex Jones, but we will try our very best not to hold that against her, because she's much, much more pleasant to listen to. Ladies and gentlemen, you should follow her on Twitter at conductress her real name is julie but because of the rich abundance of julies in all of our lives we call her jc jc welcome thank you so much glad to have you and our second guest comes to us from the far reaches of the isla kentucky where he grew up during the early gregarious sprung from a small but sturdy egg and tumbled immediately out of his nest thus earning his nickname he grew up in a small but adventurous raptor community with a fondness of no claws wrestling video games and yelling about politics just like fellow Pooligan Frank Roosevelt, this kindly creature was one of the first press pool commenters ever to agree to be my Twitter friend. And so it's a very special joy to finally welcome him tonight. You are hereby ordered to follow at Confused Raptor on Twitter. Raptor, welcome. Hello. Very happy to have you both. And as we usually do, we will jump right into it. Where do you find yourselves, would you say, on the political spectrum? Uh, if it's okay, we'll start with JC and then we'll go to Raptor. I consider myself an independent, but very much to the left of center. Um, the older I get, the lefter I get, it seems, and uh, which makes me the the antithesis, the opposite of Alex Jones, I hope. Um, <laughs> maybe just, I'm maybe equally crazy, but just more left. Definitely not equally crazy and not nearly as screamy as everybody just found out. Yes, not as screamy. Definitely not as screamy. Raptor, what would you say? What are, what are your politics? I'm like right down the middle. Like there's some issues where I'll, I'll lean to the left and somewhere I'll lean to the right. But most of the time it's usually liberal, democratic kind of thing what would you say is the the life expectancy of a well not expectancy what would you say is the the quality of life of a liberal in your chosen home state of kentucky oh it's, it's not very long like you're liberal up until you graduate college and then you go straight into like republican land is that pretty much what you're surrounded by there oh yeah it, it's a sea of red out here but since i live in the city now i'm i'm finding more people who are kind of aligned like me it's, it's a little weird. Plus, we get delivery out here. I don't. I've never had delivery before. <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the best thing you've had delivered so far, Raptor? Um, we have this thing called Sir Pizza. I don't know if you have it where you're at, but it's like a pizza that is also the size of a cake, and mm. you need a fork to eat it, and it is amazing. I love it. Wait, haven't we heard? I I feel like we have heard on a different podcast once about this particular kind of pizza. That is more like a cake. Does that have, is that called Sir Pizza? Is that the brand or is that that kind of pizza? It, it's the brand, I think. It's like this, um, flatbread with a little bit of sauce on top. And then it's just a meat pile or a toppings pile, whatever <laughs> kind you get. Wow. Yeah. I think if I want to say we've had this conversation with Bubbles before. So we're going to ask him later on. Oh, spoiler when he joins us, but. Yeah, that that sounds delicious. 
That's not, we, we also had pizza last night and we had the, we had what's called a chubby chubby pie, <laughs> which is, which actually does not so much describe the end result, I'm afraid, but it, <laughs> what it describes is the actual pie is, I guess, leavened quite a bit. It uses like a, a bread dough for dough. Hmm. So it's super delicious, but much to my horror, we did some research. It turned out that it was just a Joe's pizza, which is, the most pedestrian of pizzas and they apparently just pretend to also be chubby chubby pie but they're magically delicious we also had pizza last night what did you have that's amazing we had a wood-fired pizza that's our favorite up here it was delicious the restaurant is called the the rock wood-fired pizza and they have a an actual fire place a, a pit a fire what do you call it a oven a pit of fire sounds a much of, more yes it's much more exciting pit of fire and they yeah they the guys work the the fire pit and put the pizza in and it's delicious uh, does the rock work there or is it just <laughs> no i <laughs> i think the rock refers to the pizza oven <laughs> maybe not but wouldn't that be great you're again what can i say except you're welcome you know every time you got a pizza totally and then there's be. like the jumanji pie where you don't right? really know what oh, you're gonna yeah. get you have to find out <laughs> or like you know the delivery person comes up and just like gives you a rock bottom right before he throws the pizza at you there you go like laying on the floor nice enjoy your pizza now interactive pizza <laughs> mm. i think we just came up with a great concept and that's before i even asked a single question about the potus press pool so this is already going swimmingly <laughs> My mouth is actually watering now. It's super embarrassing. But we're we're gonna go to the Potus Press Pool question now, if you if you don't mind, JC. Do you remember how and when you discovered the joys of the Potus Press Pool? Yes, I uh, I started listening to the Potus Station in 2012 on election night. I was driving to a rehearsal and looking for somewhere to hear the returns and. Uh, I could get a lot of local returns. It was actually, it was a really big year for Washington. We voted on gay marriage and uh, legalizing pot as well as the presidential election that year. And so it was a really big fraught uh, evening for many people. And all the local stations had, you know, a little bit of presidential coverage, but really they were covering the, the other uh, statewide issues. So I found the POTUS station covering the national returns. And that's when I started listening to them and then fell into the press pool and never really got back out i um, am wet all over <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad denise is not here okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we'll we'll just quickly go to raptor in that case raptor how did you find the potus press pool sir i cannot remember i just remember just listening to her for eons, I guess. I mean, there wasn't like a particular point where I was like, oh, hey, I like this lady. It was just like, she's just kind of always been there, I guess. Like an omnipresent, you know, God or something. Mm. Omnipresent God. I think that is good. That is that is a first. Omnipresent God is excellent. So once you had discovered this omnipresent goddess, uh, Raptor, what keeps you going back to the POTUS press pool instead of veering off to some other, you know, false idol? Um, her plane telling it how it's going. Like, I mean, not telling it how it is, but, you know, in, in a soft, lovely tone, just telling us how, how everything is laying out right now. And there isn't, like, hair on fire nonsense. It's just, this is how it is. 
deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is very fair. JC, what is your opinion? How do you keep coming back to that show versus going to another show? She gives us the news, like actual reporting, actual reporters reporting on reporting. That's the show, right? And um, it doesn't have the coloring of the political spectrum over the top of it, hardly ever. And I appreciate that. I appreciate getting information without getting it colored by so much opinion. And certainly we all have our opinions and she has hers um, and she has her her snark, which I adore. But I really just like getting the information and then being able to draw my own conclusions how I feel about it. Do you feel once you have consumed all of this goodness, do you feel like a better informed listener raptor is it information that you take out into your you know raptor nest and share with your fellow raptors or is it something that you keep to yourself because of your current location i share it with lady raptor who i live with and she's dying to hear what julie mason sounds like because i keep talking about how her how lovely her voice is have you not indulged lady raptor into the joys of on demand i have not because i'm still fighting the website over three resubscribing it is not an easy website to navigate wow okay listen up serious xm that should not be a difficult process now that he's finally willing to come back yeah the uh they contacted me on twitter and it was like do it this way do it that way do it this way and i did all the ways and it just it just hasn't happened yet so i may just have to go up there and just rig the the satellite that's floating over and just beam it into my car as I drive. Mm, that's an excellent plan. JC, how about you? Do you share your newfound information with the with the good people around you? Yeah, I find that the kind of the middle of the road informational approach gives me a really good way to open a conversation with people that I may not agree with on the political spectrum. So mm. I can say, hey, I was listening to this great show and and it was, you know, a reporter interviewing another reporter and this is what they had to say about this particular story and the way that they constructed their writing or their research and and this is what I know about this issue and then we can go on from the informational place as opposed to just coming at it with pure emotion um and I I love my husband um I love my husband. He always he <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Congratulations, Thanks, everybody. Ma'am. Yeah, mm-hmm. I you know. Um no, I he comes home um almost always as informed as I am. Um, And so we're able to kind of compare what we have learned over the day and and chat about things. And, and, you know, I think if I weren't hearing her show, I might not have as many talking points. That's interesting. Uh, Raptor, does Lady Raptor share your political views? Or is she struggling a little bit with your liberalness? No, she's far to the left of me as always the lady raptor is ahead of the pack yes go ahead yeah pretty much like i feel like i'm like the middle of the road guy just kind of just sitting on the fence not choosing a side and she's just over there on the left side just you know shield and armor ready to go to war or something (laughs) Mm -hmm. good for you lady raptor here's to you with that shield and armor doing those raptors proud very nice so now we, we so one of the things that of course all of us by now are very familiar with is how essential Twitter is to parts of the Potus Press Pool experience. Is that something that you seek out? Do you try and get Julie's attention and do you try to get your tweets read in, you know, our friendly yet clearly narcissistic pastime? Raptor, how do you feel about getting your tweets read? Yeah, it's something I like to try to do. I like to try to throw some snarky bits at her just to see if she'll read it. And how has that worked out for you? Like, I I get this little tingle every time she reads one of my things. (laughs) I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) 
She has noticed me. Senpai has noticed me. <laughs> you have been plucked from obscurity and once more been named as a person. And one time uh, I called in and I got to talk to Jenna Hecker. And I was like, oh my god, she sounds awesome. I like her too. Yeah, Jen- yeah Jenna has a fantastic voice and is, is dearly missed as a producer of the show. She's now over uh, over at that other show. Uh, <laughs> she did, no, she does the morning briefing now, of course, with, with Tim Farley and does a lot of work over there and is a fantastic gamer and a great person. And if you're not following Jenna Hecker on Instagram, by the way, then you're kind of missing out because some of her funniest stories are up there. So check that out if you haven't checked it out yet. That's my little, that's my little Jenna Hecker plug. Uh, uh, Julie, how about you? Do you tweet? Do you tweet at the Mason and do you hope for a gainly result? I do tweet at the Mason. I don't hope to be read. I, I'm honored if I ever am. I've been read a couple of times, but I, it's not a, a necessity, but it is lovely when she, um, reads a tweet, but mostly it's, um, just, snarky malarkey <laughs> some, some some very uncommon modesty uh, for a potus press pool listener this is very strange we've never had somebody who said that it doesn't really matter whether it's red or not uh, i i do like when she likes something and i i have <clears throat> i have pulled over to tweet <laughs> a sign of a true pooligan mm-hmm. pulled over to tweet raptor have you ever pulled over to tweet no i just, I just keep driving oh you just keep driving <laughs> <laughs> are you in the country yeah. yeah people of kentucky please be careful there's a hazard what you're not in the country anymore you're in the city now yeah yeah i just moved to the city like two weeks ago oh, okay you know there's like twists and turns and stuff i'm not used to this mm-hmm. <laughs> so you might also have to start uh, joining the puller overs pedestrians yeah, and whatnot yeah i know pedestrians can you believe it even worse people on bikes no i'm one of those bike people i love riding out in the middle of the road and just causing havoc oh you're a bike person oh yeah i love love going out and biking it it's a good stress relief after like a day of cleaning toilets with my little brush. It's like I'll get I'll get revenge on all you people. Is that literally your job, Raptor? Yes, I am a janitor at a uh, public airport. Oh God bless wow, you, sir. That is yeah, seriously. God bless you. Some some days are really good. Other days are just crappy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see what you did uh, there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what can I ask you? Is, is it okay to ask you wh- whether you have any funny and or embarrassingly terrible stories about the quality of people that frequents airport facilities? Oh, I did meet, um, what's her face and her bodyguard when they came through. Um, the lady who was, the actress who was married to Ben Affleck for a while. Jennifer Garner? Yeah. Mm. She came through to do something for The Voice or, or American Idol or something, and her bodyguard saw me playing on my phone and I was just like playing Angry Birds or something. And he tried to take it away from me. He just thought I was trying to take a picture of her. He's like, excuse me, you just messed up my birds going after the pigs here. Yeah, right? You just messed up my shots, man. Thanks. But uh, she was able to de-escalate whatever was going on and said sorry and just kind of walked through the terminal. So that's pretty cool. That's fine moment in the sun right there so okay good so it turned out that she was actually a decent person despite her uh, yeah. overzealous security protector there yeah and uh malcolm mcdowell bought me coffee once nice. that was cool what yeah malcolm yeah. mcdowell wait tell me all i can i have a malcolm mcdowell obsession ever since clockwork orange let's go okay well uh we have a horror convention here every year and a lot of the actors who participate in it come through the airport and one of those people was Malcolm McDowell. And we were at the standing in line at the Starbucks and he was behind me. And 
he taps my shoulder and I turn around. He's like, I'll buy your coffee for you if you let me get in front of you. And I was like, all right, sweet. Malcolm McDowell's going to buy me coffee. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And no one else knew who he was. And I had to explain to like my coworkers, this is the Clockwork Orange guy. This is the dude with the weird voice that you hear in like every movie. Wait, what event is this? It's called Scarefest in oh, Scarefest. Lexington, Kentucky. Right, Scarefest. Right, right, right. Are you a horror fan, Raptor? A little bit. I, I, I like the horror that's more like ghosts and, and stuff like that. I'm not into the, the gore factor. Julie, how about you? I'm asking a leading question that I know the answer to. Julie, how about you? I am not a horror fan. You're not a horror fan? I am not a horror fan. I just know a lot of them. I know that surprises you, doesn't it? Wait, okay, now we're going to have a moment. <laughs> you you know a lot of them. I do. But you are not a fan. How not, not does myself. That, how does one... Is your husband a horror fan? Uh, yeah, if, actually, his his mother was a huge horror fan. She loved, like, bad horror movies, B-horror movies. And so he's seen... A ton of them. He's not affected at all. I have way too active of an imagination to appreciate <laughs> or to be able to watch a horror film and then not have it affect me for days on end. Um, so the only way I can see one is if I read what it's all about before I go, which is a horrible way to see a movie. <laughs> wow. That yeah. is okay. That is interesting. Yeah. So you don't even have a favorite horror movie. They're just all... I loved Get Out. If that's considered oh, a horror movie, I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but really... that's probably the only one I've seen in probably f- five years. Okay, so no luck for me. Got it. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. No, that's, that's all right. That's all right. I already said we're going to do a horror movie special that has not, I guess, been totally officially announced. But we're going to do a horror movie special with all horror film aficionados. And I already know two people who will probably not listen to that. But nonetheless... I will absolutely listen to it. You will. Of course. It will be super geeky, I have to warn you. I wouldn't okay. miss it. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, uh, JC, have you tried Mystery Science Theater yet? Oh, I love Mystery Science Theater. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Like, that's what got me into horror movies, is just the awful ones they show. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, I guess if I know that it's going to be not realistic, I, I'm okay. Like, Sharknado. Is that a horror film? I don't even know. <laughs> but disaster film? Somewhere between horror and horrific, I Hilarious? guess. Hilarious? I don't know. Yeah. It was, But it, you know, that, yeah. But Mystery Science Theater, absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I named my one of my cats after one of the characters from one of the episodes. Um, I don't know if you remember the Manos Hands oh, of yeah. Fate episode. I named my cat Torgo. <laughs> and I would play the theme for him every time he walked around. That is awesome. That's so amazing. I love that raptor. Wait, did did all of the cats get a horror name or just one of them? No, there was just that one. That is very cute. That is a great bit of horror movie trivia that will go down in Pooligan's history right there. The lady raptor has a cat named Murder Muffin. So, okay, so no, we're getting somewhere now with this horror thing. I thought it was a lost cause, but we're actually doing really well. <laughs> yeah, this this tiny creature is small and adorable, but very murderous. What does it murder, mostly? Humans? Uh, birds. Oh. Like, I've never seen a cat jump straight up and catch a bird out of midair and then just run off with it. Like, dang. She's like Cirque du Soleil level killer. Yeah, and then she's got like this amazing RBF face. And... <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought that was really just Cat. Well, no, she takes it to like a whole other level. Uh, we're going to need to see pictures, clearly. Absolutely. Plus, we're going to have to do a pet segment later as well. Maybe we should do the pet segment now because Bubbles doesn't have a pet. Well, there you go. For those of you who are not privy to what I just saw, Raptor actually had just had to uh, mute himself, possibly because Murderous Cat had heard this conversation and started attacking the microphone and or the laptop. Yeah, uh, and my hand, which is now bleeding. Did she know that you're talking about her? Probably. Hmm. She's an evil creature. I mean, evil creatures know when they're being talked about. So that is Murder Muffin. How is how is Torgo? Is he more a more kindly spirit? Yeah, he was. He was uh, a potato cat. He just like would lay around and just hang out. Hmm. He passed away a couple years ago, though. Aww. So now you're down to just one murderous cat. Uh, I'm up to four now. What? Okay, wait. What else do we have? <laughs> we have um, we have Eleanor of Aquitaine. <laughs> 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 Because I am a big fan of the Crusades. Like, not of the Crusades, but I'm a big fan of the Crusades. <laughs> um, that was awesome when they killed them all. Yeah, yeah right? You know, yeah. let me go on a crusade, please. Yes. Um, then we got, who else have we got? We got Scooter, we got Jojo, and yeah, Murder Muffin. So that's four. Murder Muffin, clearly the most murderous of the bunch. Yeah, uh, Eleanor is just too stupid to be outside. She just, she'll look at a leaf and get scared by it and run away. Oh, she's sweet. She is. She So she's an indoor cat and she's this beautiful, fluffy calico who's got a little pudge. So we call her Chub Chub. <laughs> Sounds like the pizza I had last night. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, that's a really awesome cat collection there. I happen to know that JC has an absolutely adorable. I'm not going to give it away. JC, what is your what is your pet of choice? I actually have three pets. I have a dog and two cats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've only seen. I, I I believe I've only seen the dog. But yes, if you could, my beautiful please, dog. Yes, please describe this really, really handsome dog. I have a, he is a border staffy, so half border collie, half uh, staffy, and his name is Zap, and he's two years old, and he is full of energy and is maybe slightly murderous. I don't know. He's brought me a squirrel and a bunny, so that's exciting. Um, we're learning how to not have those things happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and where did where did Zap find this bunny? Uh, we have so many rabbits in our yard. He loves to chase the rabbits out of the yard. But he found a little nest a few days ago, and he um, picked up a very small one. Did you know that rabbits yell when yes, they're I frightened? Did. Oh, yeah, yeah they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one played dead. He we were able to distract him, and he let it go, and it jumped away. So that one was oh. saved. Happy end. Okay. Yes, that, that one that was is nice. Yep. That is that is nice. So yeah. there. So Zap. He's a, he has a very. We'll post pictures of all the animals. Yeah. Zap has an adorable face. And then who are the two kitty cats? I have a fifteen-year-old Siamese named Slinky, and <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. And Pudget. <laughs> well, she Pud- did. She originally have already. She, did she have that name already when? No, conce- she was oh. called Fidget. And then she got fat, so she's <laughs> she's <laughs> so now she's she's Pudget officially, and she's a a black cat, and she is like a rug. She's kind of just a a blob of cat. Slinky's Aww. the active one, even though he's fifteen. 
Oh, so I slinky, know. still slinking, fidget, not fidgeting anymore. Yeah, she's pretty, pretty pudgy. Pudge, oh, she pudges. Okay, that is that concludes another excellent pet segment. Um, Raptor, how do you feel thinking again of Twitter? How do you feel about the larger hooligans Twitter following? Do you interact with any of them? Have you made any friends or? No, I, I interact with a lot of the hooligans. They just sort of all fell in my lap one day. And I was like, <laughs> oh, hey, look, a bunch of cool people. I think I'll hang out with them. Make Twitter less, you know, less of the worst place that it usually is. I was lucky to, at that time, in that case, fall straight into Raptor's lap. <laughs> Raptor then actually took quite a sabbatical. Raptor, why is it that you stopped listening and sort of moved on? Was it time? Was it the money for the for the radio? What was it that sort of kept you away for a while? It was, uh, I had one of those, like, sad, little satellite radios that you just hook up to your car. Mm-hmm. And the sound quality was just awful. Like it sounded like it was coming through a tin can, and it, it's kind of hard to hear. You know, Julie Mason's lovely voice when it sounds like it's coming from Mars. <laughs> so I stopped, and I wanted to install it in my car, get like an actual installation in my car, but it just never. But now that I have like unlimited data on my phone, I can listen whenever I get the get this you know text stuff out of the way. The only problem with the app that we have discussed a few times now is the time delay. That is just regrettable. But everything else about the app is wonderful, and it also lets you catch up on on demand. We're going to have to do a follow-up once Lady Raptor has her Julie and get her impressions of what she thinks about that program. Well, she's Texan, so you'll probably hear her reaction just offline. You mean she's she she makes herself easily heard? Oh yeah, I've I've never met a woman this loud before. Like I love her to death, but man, she needs a volume sometimes. Good, the, that goes with all the fighting and the armor and the being a lady raptor. Yeah, like if we ever get in a fight, we'll just end up throwing cats at each other. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure that you get murder muffin on your side, I guess. Like I'm over here trying to pet her right now, and it's just not not going well. I don't think I'd be able to pick her up. Wow, she did this lady. This lady cat is serious. Julie, what about you? Do you interact with any of the other pooligans, or is that something that you kind of stay out of? No, I love interacting with the pooligans. I, it's nice to have a a cohort of people who are able to kind of converse on the same topics and the same level and and be in on the joke a little bit in the same way. I love the pooligans. You love the pooligans? Okay, good. We're, we're glad to be loved. How do you feel about Twitter in general? Do you, is it something that you use? Do you use Facebook? What, how do you feel about social media? And, and what's been your experience outside of Julie and the POTUS press pool? I like it a little bit. Uh, Twitter can be overwhelming sometimes. So I'll jump to Facebook and see how my family's doing. That's what I usually use Facebook for is for like my, my best friends or, or family. And then, you know, after a little bit, I'll jump back into Twitter. But uh, like Jay-Z said, the Pooligans make Twitter so much more better than, than anything else. I don't know whether both of you are looking at Twitter, but as we were talking, Maggie Haberman tweeted, rest in peace, John McCain. Oh, no. Aww. So it appears that we just lost uh, lost John McCain. He, August 25th, 2018, we lost uh, John McCain to... Brain cancer, which many of you know, is very close to my heart, and uh, I'm very sorry to hear that he that he passed away and that the treatments, unfortunately, did not work for him. That was just the breaking news: is the loss of John McCain. That was fast. Yeah, I think they they really waited until the last moment yeah. to announce that because there was already, especially one of the uh, people vying for his spot was uh, she was she was saying some really awful stuff 
or this was already months ago, I believe, about him going out, getting out of the way. And I believe that was one of the reasons why they did not want to announce anything until yeah. that is regrettable. He was a man of, of that. I, that I frequently did not agree with necessarily with what he did politically, but that uh, had a kind of moral core, I think, and a moral center on many issues that is currently sadly lacking in mm-hmm. in, in the GOP. Now I feel bad for Lindsey Graham because he just lost his best friend. Yeah. Like the two grumpy old men is now just one grumpy old man. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to say, though, regarding Lindsey Graham that I, I wish, I wish that he would take more of a pointer from his very good friend, because the way that Lindsey Graham has changed over the past year is, a, I think, not just a mystery to me, but a mystery to many. I, I can't quite follow yeah. what happened there. I, I know that some people, especially in the GOP, don't have a very fond view of of uh, of McCain because of the what he did during the healthcare debate, and a lot of people on the on the left don't have a very good, you know, very positive view of him because of times where he did not vote the way that they thought he should as a more responsible member of the Senate. Does it, does either one of you feel negatively or positively about, about the Senator middle of the road with him too. Like he did good and he did bad, but you know, he was one of the standout GOPs. You could always look to who had like a reasonable, you know, thought process. Like he didn't get on Twitter and yell about things or he didn't Mm -hmm. go on Sunday shows and, you know, go ultra right and yell about, you know, pizza place conspiracies. Mm-hmm. So he always seemed like himself. Like you knew if John McCain was going to be there, you knew what John McCain was going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't have to agree with him, but at least there seemed to be um, some kind of ethics behind his service. And it's just so sorely lacking right now, the sense of propriety and ethics that we seem to have taken for granted and it's sad to um, to lose a, a a voice that I don't again I don't agree with it, but at least there was at least there was honesty behind it or somewhere behind it. Yeah, I think the 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 moment that was quoted frequently, and I retweeted it not too long ago, but that was quoted frequently. I had actually not seen the video for a while, but I just saw it again right before we started this episode, was that epi- was that moment where he, during his presidential campaign, was asked by a woman who he was actually standing right in front of. She She said that she could not trust Obama, and McCain said, yeah. And then she said she couldn't trust him because she really felt that he was an Arab. And what is so fascinating about that video is his immediate, McCain's immediate reaction. He takes his microphone, he turns away from the woman, and he goes, no. And mm. the woman, and you can hear her in the background saying no as a question into her microphone because she really expected McCain to agree. But McCain went on to explain that Obama was somebody that he disagreed with on many, even fundamental issues, but that he was a good and decent family man and a good American and and that was that. And that was what the campaign was about. See, I remember um, not too long before Jared Rizzi left POTUS, he was talking about the issue of that if you disagree with the Trump administration, you're deemed un-American and how dangerous that ideology is. And that is exactly what he shut down in that moment. That idea that if you don't agree that you're out, that you're 
that you're unpatriotic or un-American in some way. And I appreciate that piece so much that we can disagree so wholeheartedly, but still belong to the same ideals of the country. Yeah, I think that is what makes me, I mean, there's many things. I also read another really incredible story by somebody who worked for, for McCain for a while when he was campaigning. It's Straight Talk Express. It's Straight Talk Express. And so at one of the stops, he said, McCain, he, he had taken on this position and he had not realized how small McCain's staff actually was. And he had been given a little black plastic bag. And among things in that little black plastic bag was a hairbrush. And so they, they went to their first stop and McCain came up to him and just sort of leaned forward and waited. And it was at that moment that he realized that, that hair, he had been given this hairbrush because when being tortured, McCain's arms had been broken so mm -hmm. many times that he could actually not reach up and brush his own hair because his shoulders no longer had that flexibility. And so he brushed his hair. And he went out and he talked to the people. He was talking about how at that moment he, he just sort of stood there behind McCain and really wanted to cry for just that, that, that small gesture. But nonetheless, they, they went on and he said in that piece that he frequently disagreed with him about things, but that McCain was just the best man he had ever met. And it's, it's heartbreaking to me that even somebody, even despite the fact that I didn't agree with him, that there are that he had hawkish impulses that are not necessarily how I would have chosen. The way that he's being treated by this administration is absolutely disgraceful. I don't know, a testament to something that has been lost and to a tone that now has become something entirely different and has somehow become acceptable because nobody in the GOP speaks up for, for the senator who has passed away today, who was their colleague for so many years and yet is not worth is not worth defending that was a beautiful eulogy sorry i went off on a tangent i apologize no yeah. it, it was perfect man <laughs> thank you for indulging me there for a second and from that we'll just... we should have saved the pet moment for now <laughs> yeah exactly maybe i'll cut it that way so that twitter so i really only have one question before we ask for our, our friend bubbles to join us who i'm sure will be bursting with energy do you have a favorite press pool guest or guests or a favorite press pool moment raptor um, i miss jared rizzi i really miss him i loved his weird little zelda vibes that he would sprinkle in on a show and how he and julie would interact with each other like at the end of his show and at the beginning of her show. Like, I wonder where he went. Like, he just kind of disappeared on all of us. Yeah, there wasn't really much commenting about how all of that happened. Yeah, I miss him. Um, I like the, the guy with the weird accent. <laughs> I forget his name. Are you talking about Stanage? <laughs> no, Stanage. I think so, yeah. <laughs> he actually, I tweeted the other day that I love his accent. And he was like, why is everybody always just commenting on my accent? And I was like, come on now, I've also commented on your sharp seersucker suit. Let's not be judgmental. Is, <laughs> I, I th is that who you're referring to, is Neil Standage? I think so. Either that or Tomaski. Like, Tomaski has a great voice. I don't know whether he has an accent, per se. Like I said, it's been a while since I've been able to listen to, <laughs> to a full show, so you know, I could just be mixing everybody up. Well, but you, you picked some good ones. JC, how about you? Well, who are your favorites or favorite moments? I, I heart Jared, and I miss him terribly. And I love Niall and I love Tomaski. Tomaski's so curmudgeonly, mm -hmm. right? We love that. I I'm I have a particular fondness for Mark Noller and his ability to sound enthusiastic about the minutiae of the White House 
uh, comings and goings and 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 his utmost professionalism. And I love when Julie has when she does the um, interviews with the women politicians and women. Uh, I can't remember what the name she has a name for it. Shoot. Do you remember what it's called? Uh, women in politics that one it's a little more pithy name somehow Mm but but that's exactly what it is it's kind of long form uh uh interview mixed with town hall kind of style and they do them live with the audience and Mm -hmm. and uh people can ask questions and and i love hearing her interview other women i think that she's uh she's so insightful and doesn't spend time with kind of some of the the fluff that you get from other interviewers um when they're interviewing women and i really appreciate that she gets right down to the meat of the of the interview i loved when she had the bush twins yeah on that was a really interesting interview yeah, the one with andrea mitchell's probably yeah favorite. yeah yeah oh yeah that was also a great one yeah definitely seek those out if you haven't if you for some reason are listening to this podcast but have somehow missed those i don't actually know how that would be possible but just in case you have, seek them out on SoundCloud. They're really fantastic interviews with some really outstanding women. And I think that's with that. See if I can magically make a bubbles appear. Let me work my magic here. Just take some cheese. <laughs> with a little arrow. Uh, all right. So here we go with our, our brand new. This is, I guess, a weekend podcast. That could also be a midweek podcast. Kind of depends on how much time I have for editing. But here it is, our midweek podcast. We are joined by the uh, JC and and Raptor, who you have just met. And we also have a... Who was that? Bubbles, was that you again? Oh, it might have been. I'm roasting some vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe my vegetables are ready. Uh, not the first time I've been undermined by vegetables, trust me. <laughs> Wait, so do, should we now take a break so you can get your vegetables? Would you mind? <laughs> <laughs> no, please. <laughs> Goodbye, all, by all means. Momentito, si vous play. Oh, <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> fucking vegetables every fucking time. This is why I suggest carbs. They don't do this kind of shit. They just carbs know how to behave. It's true. In a large group of people. They're always delicious. They have nice presentation. Oh, wow. He is wrestling his vegetables. <laughs> I know. They seem to be resisting. <laughs> wow. What would you do? <laughs> He's working very hard on them, though. I hope that they... I hope that they're not violent. I know some of them have iron. Things have quieted down. Oh, nope. here come the plagues. I think he subdued him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see if he's able to drag them all the way to the computer or if they resist. So good. This is like the murder muffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have murder muffin and murder broccoli on the other end. Yeah. Yes. I never understood the, the, the lure of broccoli. Actually, you know, this this morning, my my better half accidentally ordered an enormous amount of eggs. So we now have like 70 or 80 eggs oh, at man. home. And so this morning she wanted to make, to make egg muffins. And she suggested making egg muffins with broccoli inside. 
to make them healthy. Right, but I had to try and think of the best way to dissuade her from that particular plan. <laughs> and it was actually not easy. It was it was quite. Is he like seriously like wrapping them into? Is he wrapping them? We don't. We, I, I have we don't. to. I'm, we're going to hear everything about the process that just occurred. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Along with all the news. Also, the vegetables. <laughs> I'm back. Uh, we were, it was quite a fight. I, these vegetables put up a serious fight. We're glad you were able to, as Raptor said, subdue them. Yes, they're all plated. And... That is fantastic. And what kind of steaming vegetables are we currently looking at in that case? So I have some sweet potatoes, Yukon gold, squash, zucchini, and two types of onions. And so squash. really mostly starch. Well, mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. so. What about some greens? Any greens? Anything green? Well, I don't roast the greens. I don't care for... I, I'll take wilted spinach sometimes, but only if I can cream it. <laughs> what about Brussels sprouts? Again, happy that Denise is not here. Please continue, yeah? I'm sorry, Julie, what did you say? Roasted Brussels sprouts. I'm sorry, <laughs> Julie, what did you say? <laughs> the best of the vegetables. Roasted Brussels sprouts. Have you not Have you not seen in the restaurants here? We are big on Brussels sprouts in, in the Northwest. No? Um, Have you missed them? No, not at all. <laughs> he just likes to not acknowledge their existence. No, can't say <laughs> not I've at been all. missing them, Bob. I don't have uh, as much of an aversion to Brussels sprouts as, say, beets. I have horrible, traumatic childhood memories about beets. Oh, canned beets, though, right? No, oh, just, just regular beets. ones. Were you beets, were you beets yep. as a child? Uh, no, I was not beetson. I was a force-fed beets, oh. basically. Oh, force-beating. So. That, is, that is tough. Yeah, mm. not a beet fan. I was never a beet fan until I had them out here, and then I actually found them quite magical. I've had people in my life who have cared for me very much who have tried to get me to eat beets or drink coffee, and neither wait, one oh, of them Wait, wait, time out. <laughs> What's the fuck is the problem with coffee now? Um, It's too bitter. I don't like bitter things. Uh-huh. So I don't eat it in in like tiramisu. I don't how do you deal? How do you deal with history then? <laughs> well, there's no alcohol, okay, baby. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Professor right? of history that doesn't like bitter things is up for some disappointments, I believe. Oh well, I've learned to deal with those, but I, I can't. Uh, I can't stomach uh, coffee. I'll drink tea happily, but not. So it's uh, actually not, not the caffeine that bothers you. It's the. <laughs> oh hell no. <laughs> No, you can't. You can't live in Kentucky and uh, not drink Mountain Dew. So, oh, oh god, uh, hey, I Red Mountain Dew. I cannot stand it. So, I bet these two don't know what Ale Eight One is. Uh, rap. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. No. Nope. There's a local brewery in Winchester, Kentucky, that creates a. Um, it's kind of a hybrid between um, what would you say, Raptor Ginger Ale and and uh, uh, Mountain Dew. Yeah, something like. But that. it's got a little bit more of a kick to it, and it's loaded with caffeine, and it's a local tradition. Yeah, they just came out with a new cherry flavor, and that stuff's been falling off the shelves. And I don't like L Eight One, so I've been avoiding it like the plague. It'll come to you at some point. Oh, yeah. One time I went hiking through the, through the mountains of Rio, and I got to the top of this one mountain, and there's an L-81 vending machine up there. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's like, no outlets or anything for miles, and I have no idea how this thing was running. Sounds like a commercial, Crazy. actually. It, I felt like I was in one. I thought I was in one of those, like, hidden camera shows. 
That town, Berea, Kentucky, is a little unique. It has a college where the students don't pay any tuition. They're they're admitted based on their academic ability and their <laughs> requisite inability to pay for college. So the entire tuition for all the students is paid for. And it's a great school. It has a fantastic academic reputation. And they work they work through school. They you know work in the library or, or uh, you know the dorms or, or wherever students can be used. That I mean they clean up the grounds and things like that. So it's a pretty cool concept. They have a lot of uh, farmland too that the students go out and till and plant stuff. Yep. And then they have a an amazing deli- delicacy called spoon bread, which mm. which is it's like this weird oatmeal hybrid thing that comes in a mason jar. And it, it tastes awful. I don't know why, why there's this big celebration of it, but it, it's a big local tradition every year to have the Spoon Bread Festival. And everybody brings their spoons and sticks it in the, the, the mason jar and eats the slop. It's weird. Whoa, that sounds even worse than yoga bread. Yeah, it's like a weird horror movie that's waiting to happen, I swear. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to take some notes right now. That that sounds that we sounds had good. A, it's like the wicker it's like the wicker a, man, but in a mason jar. <laughs> we had a festival in my hometown in Kentucky of Mount Sterling called Courthouse Days, old Courthouse Days, and it's essentially an unbridled orgy dedicated to the Second Amendment. Oh yeah, because it's like that the whole town shuts down and they set up. It's like this giant flea market, and you can find every description of firearm. Under the planet. I mean, they do crafts and arts and things, too. And, you know, like face painting. And they have a few carnival rides. But people come from multiple states away to buy and sell firearms. It's crazy. Sounds like a great party. The whole town shuts down. Speaking of the whole town shutting down, may I indulge you? Uh, So I compiled a little list of the things that happened last week. It will not surprise you to hear that it is quite a list. But um, I, I will perform it for you now because this, I believe, was truly a historic week in American politics, the likes of which we will probably see again next week, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so uh, it started on Sunday. I have here Sunday, August 19. Don McGahn cooperated with Mueller, was nervous to, he might be framed for the president's actions, and the president didn't assert privilege. And so Mr. McGahn who is the White House attorney, was afraid that he might be framed and so spoke for hours with Mueller, which had apparently not occurred to Mr. Trump's legal team until they read a Maggie Haberman article that pointed that out, at which point they were starting to wonder what exactly happened there. Monday, August 20th, the top air pollution official in the Trump administration has been a lawyer for the polluting industries for years and is now in a position to make decisions about uh, the exact thing that he used to try and deregulate. Tuesday, August 21st, that day will probably go down in history because it was truly epic. Manafort found guilty of eight counts. Cohn pleads guilty to eight counts and implicates the president in conspiring to commit campaign finance fraud. Duncan Hunter, the Republican of California, and his wife are indicted on multiple charges. Molly Tibbetts' body is discovered and her murderer turned into a political issue when it's asserted that he may be an illegal alien. Omarosa shows a videotape on Hartball that places Michael Cohn, who was supposedly not part of the campaign, on Air Force One during same said campaign. Trump gives an interview to Ainsley Earhart in which he incriminates himself further by, among other things, telling her that the funds he used to pay off his affairs came from his own pocket, which coincidentally is exactly what makes it criminal. Wednesday, August 22nd, Ainsley Earhart goes on a morning Fox show and suggests that Trump, during the interview, mentioned off camera that he's 
thinking about a pardon for Manafort, a fact that just the day prior, his press secretary had insisted had never happened. President Trump also then in a series of tweets praises Manafort for, contrary to Cohen, not quote-unquote breaking. And the New York State investigators subpoena Michael Cohen in a tax fraud investigation against the Trump Foundation and Trump Org. Thursday, August 23rd, <laughs> in a Fox News interview, Trump complains about Jeff Sessions and suggests that flipping should be illegal, which came as a bit of a surprise to his current attorney, Mr. Giuliani, who was famous for Yes, we all know flipping people that he at the time was still pursuing. I think it was mafia cases that he at the time. Friday, August 24th, Trump cancels Pompeo's North Korea trip because he doesn't think that there has been enough progress, despite earlier proclamations that there is no longer a threat from North Korea. And on Saturday, well, on Saturday, Alan Weisselberg, who has served for decades as the chief financial officer and executive vice president of the Trump Org, apparently testified in the Michael Cohen case and was granted immunity, which puts probably more pressure on Trump and his children and his associates than any other thing that so far has turned out. He's more dangerous than Cohen more dangerous than Manafort, because he knows where all the bodies are buried. But there's a wrinkle to that little aspect of the story. Which is? Evidently, he was not given blanket immunity. They didn't need to. But I'm just saying, he's not given blanket immunity. It was only immunity to testify without self-incrimination about um, Michael Cohn stuff. Yeah, but I guess means that if there's any other any other parts of this investigation which might involve self-incrimination on his part, that he might also be willing to be given immunity, I think, and that is really where the danger comes from. I think that's a fair speculation. Yeah, and I think that is why Trump watchers freaked out. So that was sort of the week in overview. The whole Omarosa thing that just happened, I believe, at the beginning, I don't know, last Saturday, maybe? Nobody even remembers it anymore. Who is Omarosa, really? It was the <laughs> it was the biggest story of last week, and it's all but gone and been wiped away. And today, now, on, it is today, Saturday, and so the, the, the Saturday was capped by the unfortunate passing of of uh, of McC Mr., uh, Senator McCain, who we talked about a little bit earlier. And Bubbles, I don't know whether you have, if you have any thoughts about McCain, then now would be the time, because we already kind of talked about it earlier. Do you have any McCain feels? Well, uh, just a, a question for clarification. I know that he had stopped treatment. Did he actually pass away? He passed away at f around 4.30 local time, yes. I did not realize that. Yeah, so that just happened in the last half hour or so. And uh, as we were talking, Bubbles wasn't here yet earlier, but as we were talking about earlier, I believe, or my theory is that it was really kept from from the public because there's already such a hankering for his for his uh, spot in the Senate uh, with such unfortunate and terrible overtones that I believe they were trying to keep that information. They wanted, I think, the public to have some notice, so that's why we heard all of these things yesterday. Wow! Today he passed yeah. away. I had not heard he he passed until just a second. I, I will mention Frontline did a great well, did a great I guess biography on him. Um, and I remember uh, being moved by the, the Vietnam portions, I, what normal human being couldn't, but um, <clears throat> just impressed with his, you know, integrity and, and even the Keating affair, which obviously he would recognize that a blot is on his record. He really seemed to learn from that and um, not repeat those mistakes. So rest in peace, Senator McCain. I think he was, he had... 
good self-insight in once telling somebody who asked him how he would like to be remembered that was a man who had many mistakes but hoped that ultimately the good he had done would have served the country that he loved. And I think we can say with some certainty that he that he did just that, that he made mistakes and that he also tried to be on the right side of history and was on the right side of history many times. Agreed. So that's that's the McCain story. Now, of all the things that I mentioned earlier, it was truly one of the craziest weeks that I can remember. I myself, as, as you all know, spent that time in Hawaii, where I was on Maui and dealt with a incoming hurricane that didn't quite materialize, but instead turned into a tropical storm. What parts of last week affected you guys? And the most important question, of course, that this time we will not forget <laughs> because I wrote it down and I highlighted it. Yes, I did. Where are you this week on the what the fuck meter? JC, you first. Where do you find yourself this week? Well, so I've been living kind of at a 10. Um, 10's been kind of my baseline. Just what the fuck? And this week, I feel like I can step back from that just a little bit. I think I'm probably at maybe a seven. That is a marked improvement. Congratulations, ma'am. That you. is fantastic. Thank you. Glad to hear that. I don't want to keep you from your starches, sir, but how do you feel about the week that was? Well, I've been at a you know slow boil, the, the five and six range. And um, like Conductress, kind of a nice little mellow three or four. It's been a good week. Uh, if you're not a Trump fan, it's been a great week. So, and I am not a Trump fan. So, uh, oh, dang it. What's that German word where you revel in somebody else's misfortune? Schadenfreude. That's it. Schadenfreude, <laughs> yes. ladies and yes. gentlemen. You're experiencing some good, some positive Schadenfreude Maybe vibes? Maybe just a little bit. Yes. Mm -hmm. so yeah that this was definitely a good week for yeah. that um, raptor where do you find yourself on oh if for raptor if we're not familiar with the what the fuck meter i'm i just want to say again that of course this is a scale that is currently still ranging from one to ten even though we've now many times discussed the issue of expanding it but so far it is one cheese grapes comfy chair ten fire ants caked in honey and rolling around in the <laughs> anthill where would you say you find yourself this week? Uh, probably a six. It, it's been it's been a really fast paced news week, but it hasn't been like hair on fire kind of news. It's just been like, all right, cool, whatever. I can handle that. Yeah, it's been a surprisingly positive week, I guess. If you're if you're of a certain political a fan bent, of I guess. Justice. Yeah, I you know, and that is really what I want to get at. So here's the thing: we all. I think Schadenfreude has been permeating through the Twitter quite a bit. How do you guys, though, feel about that? Do you think there's now a sort of false sense of security that is setting in where everybody thinks, okay, but he wasn't going to ride in on a horse with the handcuffs to the White House before, but now he's coming. Or do you feel like the Democrats will be able to somehow get out of their own way until November, let these people, in essence, figuratively hang themselves and not interfere by doing some dumb shit that could end this, uh, this positive week in a negative oh, way? The Democrats will find a way to, to mess it up. They always do. They're, they're like, like, they could be on top of a mountain and they could throw themselves off the top of a mountain and then, you know, blame Republicans. Like, uh, Democrats, get your stuff together, please. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> Nor do I, actually. Yeah. 
Okay, it's, this is going to be a very short opinion piece if we're all <laughs> yeah. agreeing on the same thing. So, it, it's, well, at least on democratic capacity to shoot itself repeatedly in the foot. Yeah. You know, they have to borrow an assault rifle from their Republican friends, of course, but Ouch. Um, there are a good 30 or 40 holes in those feet, and there's no, stop, there's no stopping it. So if you have to take a guess, where do you think that democratic AR-15 is actually going to come from? Who who is going to who's going to start the unfortunate ugliness that is somehow going to pull all of this back? And is there anybody that you suspect on the Democratic side could cause Probably some just harm? Probably the DNC itself, D- the Democratic National yeah. Committee. Like they always find ways to to muck up elections, and they try to elect someone that the people don't want to elect, and they'll they'll find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. They always do. They met this past weekend, and they did change the rule that, that they've eliminated the superdelegates. Are they fully eliminated yet? I heard that something happened with the superdelegates, but not that they were fully eliminated. You know, it's the weekend, so I wasn't reading as closely as I should have. But uh, Alex Seitzwald mm-hmm. uh, was there, and I thought I read stuff where he said that the um, that the um, Superdelegates were gone. I, I'm I'm thinking that the superdelegates were made less important than maybe some of their some of their mojo was siphoned off, but I don't know that they're completely gone okay. yet. Okay. I had followed up and asked him, not that he replied, but I did ask. I'm curious to see if they'll pass a rule that says to uh, get a uh, a nomination as a Democratic candidate for president, you have to be a member of the party. <laughs> and he didn't respond, of course, because nobody knows whether or not that's actually a thing. I, I mean, this is as simple as it can be. And, of course, it, it's directed at the Bernie bros, uh, or the Bernie acts. You know, how can you run for the nomination of a major party and not be a member of that party? So Bernie squawking about Democrats doing this and Democrats doing that, it might as well be... Gary Johnson, it might as well be Jill Stein, it might as well be, you know, uh, Bubbles the Chimp. They're not <laughs> members of the de- of the Democratic Party. <laughs> so, where do you, actually this last week in that case, that was positive, one would say, for, or at least not negative for Democrats. Do you guys think that anybody in the meantime has elevated themselves, has anybody been able to make any hay off of what happened last week in a positive way where they would now spring out to you more as far as electability in November or their electability even in 2020. Has anybody made any impact? I think that um, the video that Beto O'Rourke sent out of um, him talking about football players taking a knee at the anthem, Mm -hmm. I think that's been relatively well received by the Democrats, although I would say that the message I'm getting from people of color, particularly on Twitter, has been decidedly negative. His statement of, I can see both sides of this, I understand that reasonable people can disagree on this issue, their feeling is that no, reasonable people can't disagree. It's it's racist to think otherwise that it that it's a not a valid form of protest or that the protest is misworded by the media as being a protest of the anthem and so that's actually been a really interesting split towards the left um you would think that that would have been a remarkable you know uh unifying statement and it and it really hasn't been and so i'm not sure again i think it comes down to i mean i say again we talked last week, and, and unfortunately, that the Democratic Party not having a firm platform, this is exactly the kind of, of issue that, that divides the party. And 
And even something as liberal as saying, yes, you absolutely can take a knee, it's still causing issues. I actually had not seen those reactions from from people of color, I'm ashamed to say. So I'm going to have to look that up and see what exactly is going on there. I saw that CBS News got into real hot water because of how they worded their tweet. Absolutely. And they they now pinned that apology to the top of their Twitter profile. I don't know how many people actually see that because I still see people commenting on it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really curious. It made me curious about Beto O'Rourke. I'm sorry to hear that there's already pushback. Raptor, do you have any awareness of of Beto O'Rourke or any opinion one way or another? I haven't heard of that person in particular. I sort of missed that that twitter spat so i don't i don't have an opinion one way or the other about that one he's going to be going up against uh against our friend ted cruz i uh, believe in texas yeah our elections here in kentucky have heated up so it's hard to pay attention to what's going on in other states we have andy barr versus amy mcgrath and andy barr went pure negative you know saying that you know, since she was in the military, she's not a real Kentuckian. And that just kind of exploded in his face. And I'm just sitting here just watching it. <laughs> oh, can you tell us about that a little bit? So McGrath was a fighter pilot, I yeah. believe, right? Yeah, she her? flew a bunch of, uh, she did a bunch of stuff over in the, I think the Iraq War, or maybe Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she did a bunch of tours of duty, and then she came back and decided to run for Congress. And our incumbent uh congress critter is just just throwing out like all these crazy attack ads i guess to see what sticks but the biggest one is saying that she since she was in a foreign land fighting for for her country that she isn't a real kentuckian because she wasn't here sounds like a fascinating uh strategy to get elected <laughs> right. was wasn't wasn't mcgrath the lady who had a really amazing campaign ad in which she went from little girl to yeah that was a real good one um although i did meet andy Barr once uh he came out for a function at the airport and i called his name and he ran away from me and i chased him through the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> nice how did he like that? <laughs> he didn't like it at all. He jumped in his car and <laughs> ran away. And I just, I would just, just stood there and laughed at him. I was like, I just want to talk to you about politics, but guess not. And then he came back a year later to do the same function, and he saw me and gave me the, gave me a real bad side eye. So I didn't even try to chase him this time. <laughs> Memorable. Yeah, reputation <laughs> precedes you, Raptor. Not such a man of the people after No, all. like he's rarely in the state doing anything. The only time he's in the state is when our, our illustrious governor, Matt Bevan, shows up to do anything. Or if uh, Mitch McConnell tells him to come down and do something. I would be really curious. How is Mitch McConnell regarded in Kentucky at this Everybody point? hates him. Like the left hates him, the right hates him, everybody hates him. And they, they always have, but I don't know why they keep electing him i don't know who is going in the booth to elect him why does the right hate him he's either a squish or he spends too much taxes or you know just whatever loony bin nonsense that they they think about him and he's a total fucking tool well yeah that too (laughs) that's probably not what the right thing i lived in that state and mitch mcconnell was my senator and he's about the only politician i can think of off the top of my head that i would not piss on if he was on fire yeah (laughs) nobody in the state would except maybe like the dude who lives in a cave down the road i guess i don't know who that is and he's on fire i guess i'll piss on him Mm. 
eat them for later, I guess. Okay, so not a lot of love for uh, our friend Mitch McConnell, then. No. Did you guys come across any stories this week that moved you one way or another or that you thought were were noteworthy or interesting? Well, I was impressed with, uh, you know, of course, the Manafort news broke. And then very uh, quickly after that, the Cohen news broke. And I'm like, ooh, this is the, the Cohen stuff is really important. And then when I heard that uh, Alan Weisselberg uh, got an immunity deal, I like, I mean, I actually, there was air between my feet and the ground. <laughs> I left the ground. It, it, momentarily, mm-hmm. I used to play pickup basketball in graduate school, and they used to call me three dimes because that's the amount of air you could see between my feet <laughs> <laughs> and the basketball floor. <laughs> When I left to do a layup, so luckily you're tall, so you don't really have to leave for much. Indeed, more. especially pickup games. But nevertheless, uh, I, I did a little three dime action there uh, when uh, when I heard that uh, uh, Wesselberg had had uh, gotten an immunity deal. That really stuck with me. I'm super curious how all of that is going to pan out, or how serious it is. I know Maggie Haberman experienced some well deserved redemption considering that some of that stuff was what she had already reported on and people had sort of doubted her and screamed all kinds of shit from both sides about what she's not doing or why she's not calling it lies or all kinds of fascinating things. And they had some really interesting scoops. And the Wall Street Journal, despite their, I don't even know what to call that editorial board, but it's just a sorry, sorry state of affairs over there at the Wall Street Journal editorial board. But their investigative reporters really, really killed that Cohen stuff. And I believe also had the scoop on Weisselberg. I think you're right on the Weisselberg thing. Yep. So congratulations to the Wall Street Journal reporters for doing outstanding work. JC, do you think that this is going to change anything on the Trump side? Do you believe that anybody is actually listening to this, noticing this, or thinking any different about the man that they so worship? Having heard any of this? No. <laughs> I wish that weren't true. I, you know, I, I'm the person that if, if I ran a red light, I would get immediately pulled over and ticketed. And, and Trump seems to be the kind of person who could shoot a man on Fifth Avenue and no one would care. And I don't know what makes that happen. I don't know what the difference is between, I mean, is it just pure corruption, evil? What is it? I don't know. But I just, I don't have enough faith that anything's going to stick. So, okay, the guy that, that, as you have expressed, JC, is a little bit Teflon in his, you know, I could get out on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and nobody cares, is the same guy who says, it's not fair. (laughs) Oh, it's not fair the Chinese treat us this way. It's not fair the Europeans trade with us this way. It's not fair that the Justice Department will look hefty. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. What are you, fucking seven years old? (laughs) You're a grown fucking man. Deal with it like the rest of us have to deal with it. My God, you are a wealthy white male. You have every privilege on the goddamn planet. To hear him squawk over and over, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Bubbles Bubbles has a Hulk moment. Bubbles smash. (laughs) No, because I'd break your microphone. That gets me a little exercised, as you can tell. Yes. See what happens when he eats vegetables. <laughs> right. And they were seasoned so well. And, and, and it was very... Anyway, the vegetables were good. I Well, I put like a half a pound of grated smoked uh, gouda on it, so... Nice. Oh, that is what sounded that way. We were wondering what you were doing back there. We're all happy to hear that it was grating gouda in that case. Or howda. 
as the Dutch would say. Yes. Halda. 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 For the uh, Gouda. Have you actually been over there? Uh, I have. Did you partake of the cheese? <laughs> My God, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they have any left. Are you kidding? Right. <laughs> Although I had a very unpleasant experience in the Amsterdam airport, but... Um... Uh, that was just my own stupidity. We, we were catching a flight to Glasgow, and uh, it turned out that there were two airlines leaving at almost the identical moment uh, to go to Glasgow. One of them was Ryanair, and one of them was the airline we were on. Well, we went to Ryanair, which, of course, the way the British work, you have to leave customs in Europe and then have to go into British customs. So, you know, Ireland... Uh, it, uh, Ryanair was on the European side, so we let. Uh, it was a long story, so I, I, I don't think I've moved that fast in a long time. And God bless my kids for putting up with me. But we all talk about the. We don't call it the Baton Death March. No insultment to the servicemen who had to endure that. Uh, we call it the Amsterdam Airport Death March. So, but we made it there, no problems. So it's all good. So I don't have great, great uh, warm fuzzies about the airport, but. How can you not like the Dutch? Did you see the tweet uh, or the story earlier in the week where the Dutch Prime Minister rides his bike to work? How cool is that? Well, isn't that all the Dutch ministers? I, how about that? Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty good. I mean, you you can see how over there that would be doing <laughs> good. <laughs> that reminds me of there was a story that some uh, Republican or, or one of those talking heads at Fox was trying to say that the. The Dutch were so good at either ice skating or swimming because they skate to work. I think it was ice skating because they skate to work. And then the <laughs> Dutch are like, oh, yeah. And, of course, in the summertime, we all swim in the canals to work, too. <laughs> yeah. I Idiots. mean, come on. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. There. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll be go, right go back. Get... Oh. And he's gone again. And that is what this has now. See? This is what happens when I have frequent guests. Mm. They feel totally at ease <laughs> doing whatever. Steamed vegetables, grated gouda, get a beer. You know, it's a it's natural a, progression. Th- that is that is why I do meet the pooligans, because the first timers never pull this <laughs> shit. I prepared my beer in advance. What the hell with ice in your beer? Is he putting ice in his beer? What the fuck is even <laughs> happening over there right now? Gonna have to investigate. Shh, everybody pretend we did not hear that going to have to before he thinks of an excuse mm-hmm. more vegetables yep, that's clearly ice we know that's ice it's clearly ice in a cup all right i'm back hi i changed courses i found i had a wee little bit of uh talisker some single malt scotch so i got that instead we were going to talk to you about putting some fucking ice in your in your uh, beer. That sounded disgusting. <laughs> it did not happen. <laughs> okay, all right, good. Yep. Glad to hear that. That would have been that would have been abusive and wrong. <laughs> Didn't happen. Um. So, looking forward to next week. What do you guys expect? Do you think that this st- the story threads from this week are going to carry over? Are we going to get more of the same goodness? Or is the president finally going to find something? Probably not uh, South Africa, because that also did not work out too well. (laughs) Is he going to find any kind of issue that could possibly erase the past week from people's minds? Probably next week, we'll probably have all hell breaking loose on the other side. Uh, Raptor, sorry. Actually, now that that you say that, it reminds me. Did anybody catch the fact that the guy who ran the CDC for Obama was arrested for sexual abuse. Oh, no, I missed that. 
I did too. I didn't see that either. Let me bring that to you. I think what we will see is a full-on attack on the the, the suspect they have in the in the Molly Tippets. Tippet, yeah, yeah, in the Molly Tippet Tippet murder. I think that's what's going to lead the charge next week. She, her family's been hitting back pretty hard, though. I appreciate that, they? but that doesn't. I don't think yeah. that matters in Trump world. I think that's going to be the go-to. That's going to be the go-to thing. Yeah, they've not been appreciating what's been going on at all because she clearly was not a Trump lover and would have not wanted to be turned into anything. I also tweeted out earlier a story about a girl getting stabbed several times while at a school assembly by a boy who claims that she rejected him and therefore he needed to stab her. And I'm actually really interested in at what point the GOP or the right is going to agree to the fact that it's not women's fault. It's not why did she go jogging by herself? And it's not uh, why we need a wall because otherwise illegal immigrants are stabbing us. It's there's an assault of men who feel okay attacking women over feeling somehow frustrated by getting their advances turned down. That is a serious, serious problem in this country. It's going to take generations. It's going to take, I mean, to be honest, it's going to take generations of of old, uh, old thinking men to get out of politics before any kind of admission of that can happen. I find that absolutely frightening. I mean, I know I, I hope I don't speak out of turn not being a woman myself, but I find this as a father of a daughter. I find this absolutely horrifying. It is. It is horrifying. It's horrifying to live it. It's horrifying to read about it. And, but I don't, I just don't see the, uh, I don't see anyone on, anyone. I don't see people in leadership on the GOP side taking a stance about it. And that's what's going to have to happen. Somebody on that side is going to have to stand, I mean, whether it would be, uh, John McCain or whoever to stand up and say, listen, this is the real issue. It has nothing to do with guns or it has nothing to do with immigration. It has nothing to do with, you know, whatever. But it's not going to be Marco Rubio. It's not going to be Paul Ryan. It's not going to, I mean, they're not going to stand up and say those things. They're working for their jobs. This is not generally an issue for which Republicans feel terribly close. I think more than half of them think that uh, uh, <laughs> that the men should run the household anyway. So the the role of women in a family is, uh, in their mind, secondary to what the man is supposed to do. So I, I don't. I think they're just tone deaf. They don't. They don't see this as a, as a systemic problem. They see it as an episodic one. I want to know what mm-hmm. Raptor sees down where you are, in Red Country, because we're not in Red Country. So yay. <laughs> Y'all have y'all have made the journey and have survived and have found the promised land. Oh, down here, like everybody, just it, it's like hands handmaiden's tale down here right now. It, it's scary. Like Rand Paul is trying to close down Planned Parenthood, and uh, Governor Bevin wants to stop LGBT rights. And it, it's like, who are these people? How are they even people? Bevin wants to take Medicaid away from. Uh, from, well, in his world, he would love to take it away from everyone, but, yeah. um, it's got a work requirement. Um, I lived in Kentucky for almost 10 years, taught college there and started my, uh, uh, business career there in Eastern Kentucky, kind of the same part of the world that, that, 
uh, where Raptor is. And um, occasionally, you know, you all will see me tweet. uh, Eastern Kentucky is like the 19th century. And that isn't necessarily meant to be negative because there are a lot of really positive aspects of it. Uh, Familial and clan ties are are really tight there. And when people need a support network, a lot of times the family's intact in Kentucky, and that's a real strength. But in a lot of ways, it's it's like the 19th century. I had a conversation with, um, oh, who was it? Was it Olivier Knox? Or, yeah, it might have been Olivier, about, um, I, well, when I lived in Kentucky, they were still putting people in jail for politicians uh, buying votes from voters, either in cash or in booze. I kid you not, people were still getting punished and put on trial uh, for that thing. It's crazy. It's like another it's like another world. And West Virginia is the same thing. I saw this great article that I wanted to discuss with you guys, but unfortunately I can't find those numbers right now. I wish I could. Paul asked the question, do you feel that if more women were in politics, uh, that would be an improvement? And it was sta- the number or the, the numbers were just staggering in the sense that male GOP voters just felt, I think it was 38% that felt that that would be an improvement. It was 42% of females in the Republican Party. And then it was like, I don't like 87% of men in the Dems and, you know, 100% of women. <laughs> It's pretty staggering to me. I think I don't know whether that's a reflection of the Republican Party at this point being very male and very white and just not having as many female supporters, but that the females in the GOP feel that more women in the GOP would not be a positive, that I find really surprising. Well, traditional gender roles have had it. I mean, this is going back to like ancient Greeks and even before that the men took care of the, the, the public stuff and the women took care of the private stuff. So it is the male sphere to be leaders and politicians and things and such like that. And it's the women that do the moral upbringing of the children and the education and the support and all of those things. And that's sort of been for time and memorial. So for, you know, a traditional party with traditional people who have traditional values, that doesn't surprise me. I just, I feel like ultimately, again, we've talked about, and Bubbles and I on a on an earlier podcast once talked about the issues that will really hamper the future of the GOP. And it's not just that they will be hampered by the loss of most of the, most of the people of color and most of the minorities that they're treating extremely poorly and and grossly misunderrepresenting but it's also women i think that will increasingly become a problem because i think the general in general the 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 american woman does not feel that more women in politics would be an undesirable thing wasn't there just a poll uh after cohen's situation on tuesday was there a fox poll that had of had women polled for for approval and it was lower even yet again am i making that up no i i I, i'm i didn't see that poll but i can absolutely imagine that you're not making it up i saw it seems like every poll that comes has been lower and lower percentage wise for females overall and and i can't remember if it was this week or if it was a week ago with omarosa or you know however many crises ago 
um, that the the number was like staggeringly high, and the seventy percent of women just said no, thank you. Um, and that's I feel like that. I mean, as far as Trump is concerned. And my feelings about him, that that is a positive situation. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just, I don't, I, I'm so far removed from a female GOP point of view. I don't understand it. And I, I, I don't have a lot of, um, I, I don't have a lot of good sourcing to, to try to understand that point of view. I, it's hard for me to. It's something that I would look forward to speaking to Doc High about. When if if Doug and Tracy actually do the program, which they said they would, or do the podcast, which they they said they would, I'm really curious to act, ask Doug High that question and see how he feels about that and how Tracy feels about that. I wonder what it looks like from a professional perspective. If you are part of DC and part of the politics ecosystem, how do you, as a GOP man or as a dem woman, how do you view that particular trend? That does to me seems unsustainable as a political party. So I know traditionally women voters, particularly on the Republican side, and especially the ones that don't have college degrees tend to vote Mm -hmm. first and foremost on like personal security matters. So they're the ones that are especially open to, you know, the illegal immigrants are going to come and they're going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, rape your sons and murder your daughters um, the other way. But uh, you know what I mean? That they're, they're particularly open to that kind of argument. And that's why they're also, uh, you know, big Second Amendment folks. And, uh, you know, with some reason in some of these rural counties, you know, the police can be 20, 30, 40 minutes away sometimes. So, uh, you know. I mean, do you want to be that isolated and not have some means of protection in case you get? And, and of course, in their world, it's some, you know, drugged up, crazed, illegal immigrant, or at least some drugged up, crazed person. And it's easy to influence those votes in that sort of way. I'm less convinced on how they get to college educated women. I, I suspect those issues still resonate, but I, I, I would hope hope <laughs> my voice is faltering but i would hope that maybe they're not yeah. as vulnerable to that kind of demagoguery but anyway that's what the traditional trends are yeah well it's definitely not how you get the nikki haley's of the world back into your party well not back into your party but how you get more of the nikki haley's of the world into your party that's for sure So maybe I can give JC, you and Twit some example. When I was teaching at Moorhead, I had a student, a female student who came in and she was doing terribly in my classes. And she came in and most of what I taught at Moorhead, traditionally it's a school to prepare um, graduates to be, you know, school teachers, primary and secondary school teachers. So um, we had lots of people that were doing social studies to, you know, graduate as social studies teachers. And she was doing terrible in my class. And I could tell she wasn't into it. She didn't care for it. And so I asked her, I said, why are, why are you doing this? And she said, because I don't want to be a nurse and I don't want to set hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are her three career options in her world. She can set hair, she can be a nurse, or she could be a teacher. 
because that's all in her community that she saw women being successful at doing. Mm-hmm. So there's such limited vision in some parts of the world. Um, do you think that any of what we experienced last week, how do you think it plays with independence at all? Does it does it strengthen the Democrats? Does it make the Democrats more lazy come November, thinking that now this is all basically preordained and no more hard work is necessary? How do you gauge the last week affecting what lies now before us in less than 90 days? Well, one of the stories that I was um, pleased to see uh, was that there there'd been some polling and of course it, it it was very recent but it was that the the confidence in Mueller had jumped i think mm-hmm. almost two digits um a pretty dramatic jump so i was encouraged to see that after the conviction of Manafort that there's some people that are coming around and and now it's decidedly a majority of folks have a favorable impression of of um Mueller and and in the 30s of folks or low 40s of folks that that you know say it's all a sham so I was excited to see that story uh break and that was encouraging because not too long ago there was some discussion on the POTUS press pool about how Mueller's investigation was actually pretty much in the doldrums as far as approval was concerned so that it was, was getting close to 50 50 so there's been a lot of discussion about impeachment or not impeachment right the, the leadership is telling the democrats listen do everybody a favor stop fucking talking about impeachment now because this is not a winning issue and on the other hand there are a bunch of democrats who really really want that impeachment talk and that is what energizes them is the idea that this man is finally going to get what he quote unquote deserves that this impeachment is going to happen it's the only thing that they see as a viable option of getting this man out of office in the short term where do you fall where do you guys fall on impeachment versus non-impeachment and do you think the last week has changed your view or changed anybody else's view in that regard i don't know i i honestly i it's Personally, I'm not sure how you don't impeach him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I, I mean, because that's just bringing charges, right? The, well, impeachment. So the way that impeachment work is, works is it, it's a political process, right? So it's not actually a legal process. It's a political process. It has to go through the House, then the Senate, then the House again. And yes, so you would have to find crimes that amount to him having, having grievously hurt the office in the way that he conducted himself or in the way that he did his job, which arguably, arguably what came out as far as what Cohen said about being a co-conspirator, that could possibly rise to that level. So when Nixon uh, was finally, when there was enough pressure brought to bear on Nixon, it was Republicans Mm -hmm. who finally um, got serious about pushing Nixon out. And I think it's going to have to be the same way here. And I think Democrats are playing it cool, which I think is a good strategy. Um, and so I don't think you're going to see a bum rush of Democrats saying, okay, let's impeach now. I'm hearing a lot more Republicans that are suddenly like seriously concerned about this. So I think ultimately if there's going to be impeachment, it's not going to be a Democratic-led thing. I think there'll be Republicans who get serious about it. I just wanted to finish my thought, but I don't, I just don't see that that's going to happen before the election. I don't see that any, that any progress is going to be made before November. Yeah, absolutely. agree. Uh, Raptor, do you have any impeachment thoughts? No, I think it just strengthens the, 
the Republican response to it and makes Democrats look look sort of like uh, uh, like anarchists, I guess, if that's the right word to it. it. Makes them feel like they're they're just wanting Trump out, you know, no matter what the cost, and you know we're gonna bring the pitchforks and the the torches. What what Raptor is saying is actually exactly what leadership is trying to enjoy or impart on the Democrats is listen, it's going to make us all look crazy and then the independents won't vote and it will energize Trump's base instead. Is that kind of where you're going with it? Yeah, th- yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that is very sensible, unfortunately. Uh, what a crazy, crazy, insane week. My dear Raptor, I know it's already getting very late over there. Yeah, it's almost 10 o'clock over here. <sighs> and we have an early working Raptor. He needs to be out at 3 a.m., which is a tough, tough... Oof schedule you keep my dear sir yeah th- those toilets don't clean themselves someone's got it someone's got to <laughs> take it <laughs> especially no but wait do you have like the easier shift because it's actually the middle of the night or does that not affect it, it doesn't affect it that much i mean we get it's slower traffic that early but then you know the six o'clock rush happens and just all hell breaks loose and then people drink coffee and then terrible things Yeah, and then the bar opens at 7. At 7? Oh, God. These people should all be forbidden from even entering a bar at 7. That is just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, since it's bourbon country, that's all they drink. This is true. Oh, 7 a.m. bourbon drinkers, man. And probably 7.45 bourbon hurlers. Yes, those two. Yeah. Wow. Well, sometimes, you know, in the past year and a half, it kind of felt like that's what was needed <laughs> in, yeah. order to, in order to make the world a better place. <laughs> but like like we're saying last week, we got a bit of a respite. So I, I want to thank all of you for making time to discuss that crazy week with me. I honestly could not let that this week pass without talking about it at least a little bit because I... Um, so thank you all very, very much for doing this, uh, Raptor. It was a pleasure. Again, you can, f- you can follow our Raptor at Confused Raptor. You can follow JC at Conductress. And you already following Bubbles anyway, so I don't even have, <laughs> you can follow him at Bubbles Vampire. <laughs> My dearest guest, thank you so much. I hope it wasn't too punishing. No, thank you very much. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure. And we'll see all of you again. I'm not sure how soon, because on Tuesday... Oh, no, sorry, on Monday, I'm going to Europe for about 10 or 11 days. I'll try to have some Europeans for you and get the Euro perspective uh, in a new Hawaii. podcast. He goes to Hawaii. He goes to Europe. It's my cousin's wedding, okay? <laughs> Don't have a choice. Got to do it. Uh, But anyway, thank you guys so much. And we'll see you all again really soon on the next podcast. But for now, this is the hashtag Pooligans saying bye-bye.